0: Welcome to the Focus Today podcast with Perry Atkinson.
1: Well, welcome to Focus Today. I'm your host, Perry Atkinson, and we are always delighted when we have time to sit down with our friend Megan Barth. She's the founder of ReaganBabe.com. She's also the editor-in-chief of the Nevada Globe, one busy person all over the place. And by the way, I think you'll find the NevadaGlobe.com to be quite resourceful. So check it out. There's a picture of the landing page. You can check it out there. Or ReaganBabe.com is Megan's other website. Megan, good to see you. How are you?
2: I'm doing great. How are you doing, Perry? Well, fine.
1: Is it you got the interview, Donald Trump?
2: Yeah, it's my second. It's my—I um, was able to sit down with him again. I sat down with him a few months ago when he came through Vegas uh, for a fundraising event. And then he came through Vegas again just a couple days ago for uh, the Republican Jewish Coalition Convention, mm-hmm. which has been held at the Venetian for quite some time. Uh, Sheldon Adelson, who, big casino owner, former, um, who's since passed away, um, started that convention. And so there was over about a thousand uh, people of Jewish faith that congregated at the Venetian. And it's kind of a who's who of, of politicos walking through there. And so pretty much every Republican candidate um, for president made their way through. And I was able to interview with the president. They told me, they're like, Megan, you only really have 15 minutes this time. I was supposed to have 10 the last time I got 22. This time they're like, it's a hard break at 15. So (laughs) yeah, I I really wanted to get in a lot and and focus on foreign policy. Obviously, since what's going on in the world under Joe Biden.
1: Well, congratulations! What what a, what a neat thing to do! Well, tell us yeah. about it. Were there any surprises for you when you're talking to the former president?
2: Um, I I think one of the surprises during the interview is that I think I kind of surprised him in that while he was on the stage for a little bit over an hour, he addressed the crowd. Right after that was our interview for the 15 minutes. And so I kind of broke some news to him about Prime Minister Erdogan uh, over in Turkey, the Prime Minister of Turkey, who said to a crowd of hundreds of thousands in the street that uh, Hamas is not a terrorist organization and that Israel will be tried for war crimes. And so now we're hearing the saber rattling coming from Turkey, who is a NATO ally and a, you know supposedly a US ally. And when I said that to President Trump, he said, he really said that. And I said, yes, and he goes, that is not good. That is, that is, he really said that. And I said, yes, he did. And he goes, when did that come out? And I said, within the last half an hour, the AP, I grabbed it right before our interview because I wanted to get your reaction to that. I have my own reaction. I wanted to know what yours was. And he he just said, that's not good at all. That's that's not good at all. He repeated that a couple times. And he said, you know, there's so many factions now. How many factions does Biden want in, in this war that he started? He basically said he had one faction. Now we have two factions. What, we're gonna have a third faction. And he's exactly right. Um, what we're witnessing right now is a, an enormous amount of instability, specifically in that region, more than I think I've seen in, in my lifetime. Um, we have Israel now invading Gaza in order to rid uh, the rot that is terrorism. Um, you know, it, it's interesting to watch a lot of the Democrats on the, on the on the left, specifically on the hard left, the squad, so to speak, the Cory Bushes of the world, the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortezes of the world. And others call for a ceasefire. Well, I ask you, what happens? We, what happens when there's a ceasefire? Hamas continues to exist. You cannot coexist with someone who wants to wipe you off the map, and do so in such a gruesome manner that there is no rules of of warfare for terrorists, mm-hmm. saw what they did. They don't abide by international treaties. Right. Uh, we, we witnessed the massacre of 1,400 Israelis uh, and some Americans, I'm sure, uh, in the most grotesque manners. Um, and so you cannot coexist with evil and that, and you have to eradicate evil you don't live next to evil, hoping it's not going to hit you last. You eradicate evil. And so um, it was just really interesting to to speak with him on a variety of, of foreign policy topics. And as you and I both know, we didn't have any new wars while Donald Trump was president. ISIS was wiped off the map. As soon as Syria started chirping, he dropped a Moab bomb on Syria. No one messed with the president because we do achieve eventually and overall peace through strength
1: the president uh, former president trump has said on numerous occasions uh, megan that if if he was president he would have prevented the issues with iran israel and ukraine did you get into that and as to what he was thinking
2: We did. Well, I I think um, we we did. He actually said we would have, you know, everything is a disaster right now. He said Erdogan would have never said that. He goes, I got along with Erdogan. We had different persuasions, but I got along with him. Um, The same thing with Putin. You know, he got along with Putin. Um, He said that Ukraine and Putin would have never gone to war. And, 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 And then we look over into Iran. Iran, he did get into that. He said, because while he was on stage, Um, he did talk about Iran, and he basically said that if—he talked about the oil, and he said, drill, baby, drill, during his speech to the Republican Jewish Convention. And I wanted him to expand on that because I think there sometimes is a disconnect between how oil is part of our national security apparatus with the average American voter. So I I said, will you please explain to— everyone that's going to read this, how is oil connected to national security? Why is drill baby Drill so, why did you say that? And why is that so important to our national security? And um, that was one of my first questions. And he said, Because when I was dealing with Iran, when I came in, Iran had like a hundred billion dollars or whatever it was, a billion dollars. I think it was a billion dollars or actually a hundred billion dollars. But when I left, they had zero. So what that means is that they can't do anything because they don't have any money. They can't fund terror. They can't create new alliances. They can't buy equipment. They can't buy terrorism. They can't fund terrorism. We didn't hear a peep from Iran for four years that Donald Trump was president, and that is because he defunded them from oil. Whereas Biden removed all the sanctions that Trump had put in place, one of the first things he did when he came into office. And so as oil is skyrocketing, right, we see that at the gas tanks, uh, specifically in the first two years and still in the Biden presidency, Iran is making hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars. And then on top of that, Biden not only released the sanctions, which allows Iran now to build up their terror. Terrorist reserves through their oil reserves, um, he wants to give them another $6 billion in exchange for like five or six terrorists. That was on the table. So, in essence, instead of enriching our com- country through natural resources like oil, and and providing us with—instead of depleting our oil reserves, which Biden has done, which is only supposed to be done in the time of war, but instead Biden depleted our oil reserves in order to bring down the price of a gallon of gas by a nickel, um, Trump explained that the first thing—and I asked him, what are the first three things you're going to do if elected president? And the very first thing he said was, drill, baby, drill because that's the only way we can take the money out of the terror financing network, which comes out of Iran and others in the Middle East, and create what I would call an offensive as well as a defensive position to protect our interests, not only here in our homeland, but overseas.
1: Do you think that he thinks, that you think, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that Israel eventually will go into Iran and do something.
2: Oh, I, I didn't even go into that. <laughs> um, wow, that would be a mess. Um, that would be a huge mess.
1: The only reason I asked that because there, there's there, there's thoughts because Saudi Arabia is kind of sitting over here, not really kind of in a box at the moment, because if um, if if it, excuse me, if Iran continues to get the full nuke. That could also be a threat on Saudi Arabia because of the shiite Sunni conflict that's gone on for centuries. But on the other side of the coin is, would Israel go in with Saudi Arabia's wink, wink, non nod and take out the nukes and possibly take out the refineries, which would bring them to their knees economically?
2: You know, I I have absolutely no idea. I, if I had a crystal ball, I mean, does it make sense? In a sense, yes. I mean, our, our relationship with Saudi Arabia was excellent under Trump. Um, they had actually done a trilateral, you know, Abraham Accord and stuff. And we actually had peace in the Middle East because we had a, a trifecta, if you will, of very right. important countries within that region that were protecting not only their interests, but our interests as well. Um, you know, I look at Israel, and and I've and I put this meme on my Reagan Babe page on Facebook. It's like a speck. I, I think it's as big as maybe Rhode Island. And so when you hear all of the the leftists, right, and you're the, you know from the sea to wherever it is, you know it, uh, the Palestinians will be free. Where are these? Where are Israelis supposed to go? They, they literally have like a size of Rhode Island. Where are the Jewish population supposed to go? Right. And they're surrounded by their enemies, really. they're They're, they're, they're surrounded. So the only chance that really the world has for peace is found in Israel mm-hmm. because they're really the nucleus. They are the center that can keep actually stability in that region and not allow that region to be taken over by terrorists. Yeah. Uh,
1: Moving on a little bit with uh, President Trump, um, he's got a lot of legal issues. I don't know if you got into that. Um, He seems to be unbelievably strong through all of this, which is an amazement to itself. Yeah. Um, And he's he's marching forward anyway. Um, Yeah. What was your feeling about that?
2: Well, I was saying on an earlier show this morning, I said, I'm always, you know, this is my second time I've had to talk to him um, in person. And the first time was a few months ago. I am much younger than he is. I think he's just about as old as Joe Biden, might be a couple years younger. I'm always just surprised at how resilient he is he's doesn't show it i mean i would be an apps i'd be bald by now i would be an absolute wreck uh i would have chewed all my fingernails off um i would have probably lost 30 pounds it would have been a great diet i i just don't know how i would have managed the amount of stress coming at me from every single different angle he doesn't wear it at all mm. And he just mentioned something, because I didn't necessarily have time to get into that, and I really wanted to focus on foreign policy because the world's on fire right now. Yeah,
1: right.
2: Um, and he was speaking at a, at a Republican Jewish convention. Obviously, Israel is the, the primary topic there. Um, but he just calls it ridiculous. And he kind yeah. of shrugs it off.
1: Yeah. Um, okay, so one other question about... President Trump, and then we'll take a break and come back on some other things. Do um, you—he's not going to go to the next debate, but looks like NBC might end up with just two candidates to qualify. (laughs) What are they going to do with this? I mean, why are they doing this?
2: It's going to be like a bash Trump fest. I I, I don't even have any—it's like Mike Pence just dropped out. Right. Duh. You're at 2%. Well, it's not my time. Well, what gave you that idea? I mean, and then we have Chris Christie, who's still rolling around. You know, and Tim Scott, and you know all of these folks—they—they they have absolutely a snowball's chance in hell. Mm-hmm. They, I don't understand. Where do they think their momentum is going to come from?
1: Well, uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I—I I, I can't imagine NBC going through with this with only two people now. Pence is out. That leaves uh, probably DeSantis and Haley to be left to go into this debate. And uh, and can they afford to go to the debate and just bash on Trump? I mean can they afford to do that? I don't know. Crazy.
2: I don't think so. I don't think so. Do we have like 30 seconds left? Sure. Okay, one thing I wanted to say before we went to break, and it's about the criminal trial. Last. Friday or Thursday, Michael Cohen, Trump's former lawyer, took the stand on behalf of the prosecution, Letitia James. And and this is in uh, his uh, trial related to how he supposedly overvalued the Trump company through overvaluing the assets, right? It's more related to insurance fraud. Right. So Michael Cohen, who is the star witness for the prosecution, retracted all of the statements he had made to the prosecution he basically said uh trump and his family didn't tell me to overinflate the assets we did that on you know we they never we didn't do that and and they never told me to do it well that was the gist of the whole case so if we were in a republic that had a fair criminal justice system the judge would have basically thrown out the whole case.
1: Right right there. Because
2: the star witness just retracted and, and lied, basically, to the prosecution initially, and the whole case was fabricated based on Michael Cohen's testimony. The judge didn't throw it out. The judge says that there is a mountain of evidence that could, this could fill this courtroom. You wanna talk about being railroaded?
1: Well, yes, being not railroaded. to mention, but nobody has come forward to complain. I mean, the bank hasn't complained. The payment hasn't been missed. I mean, if you look at this, leave the personality out of it. Just look at the raw business facts here. Sorry, Mm -hmm. there's no crime here. And besides, uh, in the real estate business, this is pretty normal. Well, yeah,
2: it it is. It is. We just watched a huge bubble and this bubble's going to burst, Mm -hmm. right? And we watched this real estate bubble because of quantitative easing, because of artificially low interest rates. And then all of a sudden our economy gets hit with this massive government spending. So guess who has to pay for the debt? Guess who has to pay for the spending? We do.
1: Yeah. All right. Let me take a quick break. Check out uh, Megan's two websites, the uh, nevadaglobe.com, where she is now the uh, editor-in-chief there. It's very, very resourceful. There's a picture... Other landing page and her personal website, reaganbabe.com. We'll be right back.
0: We'll be back to this week's interview in just a few seconds. In the meantime, we want to let you know that you can watch this interview plus many more exclusive interviews that happen this week on The Dove's Daily TV and radio show by visiting our website, thedove.us. And while you're there, sign up for our free daily devotional, The Word for You Today, three months of daily readings that will connect you with God's Word. Now, back to the show.
1: Okay, welcome back. And uh, Megan Barth back with us, founder of ReaganBabe.com. And she's also the editor-in-chief of the Nevada Globe, which is a great uh, resource for you. The NevadaGlobe.com is the uh, website. There's a picture of the landing page. Check it out. Very resourceful. I want to squeeze a lot of things in here in a short time. Megan, uh, what do you think of the new speaker?
2: he's great in the fact that the left is having an absolute meltdown. So that tells you that he's really good. Um, I base everything on reactions. And so their reaction tells me that they feel threatened. And of course, anybody that that doesn't subscribe to the Democratic Socialists of America or subscribe to the extreme left, I mean, they always call us extreme right. Um, they're pretty extreme. So... Um, anyone that threatens the extreme left in this country, which is the Marxist, socialist, communist left, I think he probably has a—he's um, probably pretty a pretty good guy.
1: Yeah, from what I know, I, I, it, it looks like— I don't know much. Yeah, I, again, I'm kind of like you, trying to gather some stuff here, but his resume seems to be pretty good. He seems to be what I would call a very civil, solid conservative— <laughs> <laughs> if I can put it that way, and that probably will play well. Not to mention the fact that he's a good speaker, and I think that'll help him. I think that'll be uh, an asset to him. Um, it, does the uh, pro- I, does, sorry, sorry.
2: proof is going to be in the pudding, and the pudding is the spending. Yeah. We yeah. need to rein in the spending. We need to stop funding countries through foreign aid that hate us. Um, you know, I asked Trump about Ukraine, and if he thought that the 150 billion supposedly—I'm sure it's twice that—that that we've sent to the money laundering operation uh, called Ukraine. Uh, I asked him if he supported that, and he didn't necessarily said he didn't, but what he did say is that Europe. This is more, a more important area for Europe, you know. So where is Europe and NATO in all this? Where is their 150 billion dollars? They're still only in for 20 billion. So pony up. Um, so I think if, if he can control the purse strings of the house and the spending, that's exactly what we need at this time.
1: Yeah. Um, okay, that's good, because I, I think the other thing is, why not ask for where the money's going? Why are we just giving them money? You know, we never ask for the accountability, which is so strange. Uh, let me ask you this. Do you think Do you think that President Biden makes it all the way to the nomination?
2: It's funny you ask me that, because I was just talking about that earlier today, and I really, I mean, it's a crapshoot right now, quite frankly. Uh, if I were to Vegas, I i don't know what I would bet. Um, I just read briefly an article this morning on Just the News through John Solomon, excellent reporter, um, that they found like 80,000 or so emails related to Joe Biden's aliases. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't look good. Um, I I think if Obama and Valerie Jarrett uh, and Kamala and those that are working behind the scenes, if they can just keep pumping Joe Biden up with whatever drugs that he's on to get him through the day uh, and the week, um, you know, he might make it across the finish line. But then, of course, you have Gavin Newsom filing his fangs in the background, waiting for his opportunity to step in and maybe be Kamala's running mate or, or such.
1: Yeah, I I just wondering, uh, I mean, he's over in China. He's running a shadow campaign, um, and he's running a state that's basically bankrupt. I mean, <laughs> can he really be a player as much as he wants to be?
2: Well, I think um, he thinks he can be. <laughs> 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 and he'll definitely have the money behind him. I mean, he's very close to Nancy Pelosi. Um, he has... You know, the, the, the liberals will love him, he has the look, you know, he's mm. he's got the swag and swagger. Um, but I really don't think we need two Californians or, or politicians from California running this country. We can mm. see what they did to their own state.
1: By the way, back to uh, uh, Speaker Johnson, just for a moment. There was a proposal, maybe you've seen it this morning, but there's a proposal, we will send Israel the money, but we will take it from the IRS budget.
2: Oh, isn't
1: that fantastic? Can you? (laughs) I love it already. Can you? You have to forgive me. You probably do this, too. When you're running a live show like we do here, every once in a while I'm over here trying to keep up to date of what's happening online. And I read this headline. I thought, well, it's a headline. I better be careful here. So as I read down on it, that's exactly what the proposal is. We're going to send Israel what they need, but we're going to take it from the IRS budget. Perfect
2: just the other day that like 80% of federal office buildings are empty?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Like there's no one reporting to work?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, it's the, it's the new job. So it's amazing. Right.
2: Yeah, it's the new job sitting on your butt at home. Yeah. Push paper around.
1: What's happening um, in Nevada? What's happening in Nevada?
2: Oh my gosh. Uh, what isn't happening in Nevada? What's the latest? Uh, we, we're having a lot of Democratic resignations here. Uh, we've had three now elected officials Uh, bow out uh, for their reelection campaigns, and that is due to the fact that we have no transparency laws specifically in Nevada for the legislature. In 2015, they voted themselves basically privacy, so no one can do an open records request and see their communications. But this last legislative session, the Democrats spent $110 million of taxpayer funds on a handful of org- nonprofit organizations um, and the Democrats decided who's going to get a piece of that pie. Well, it just so happens that at least $33 million went to legislators who work at those nonprofits or associated with those nonprofits. So the- Whoa. Veneer of impropriety and, you know, the concern over ethics um, has been raised to a, a very loud clarion call, and which has forced at least three Democrats uh, out of their reelection campaigns.
1: That's amazing. So how's your economy overall in that
2: state? You know, we're, we're doing pretty good. I mean, obviously, the pandemic shut our whole entire state down because we had a Democratic governor. Um, he implemented a state of emergency for two years here. Um, mask mandates were here for two years. It killed our convention business, which is really the business that we rely on for our greatest source of revenue. We've clawed our way out of that for the last twelve year. 12, excuse me, twelve months. We've had record revenues. We've broken a billion dollars in gamble, gambling revenue every month. Um, but again, we lost all that revenue for two years. So. Um, Nevada was just named specifically. Reno was the number two manufacturing hub in the country. Yeah. So Nevada is growing really well.
1: Yeah. All right. One other question before I let you go back to your interview with uh, President Trump: uh, did, did, did the border come up at all in your discussion?
2: Absolutely. What, yeah. what,
1: I mean, because what a what a mess! And especially with we know now that the terrorists are coming across the border, and they're probably giving a Big Mac when they get here. What's going on? <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, Big Mac free uh, healthcare, and then uh, if they're bringing women across, which they are, and who are pregnant, they'll have automatic American citizens. Fantastic. When they have a baby here. Um, we call those anchor babies. Right. Um, and, and that's, we've, we've let in, I think, uh, what, over five million people have crossed our border. That is nearly twice the state of Nevada. Hmm. Uh, we look at New York, and they think they're gonna spend two billion dollars a year on migrants. They call them migrants. Um, He could not stress enough, President Trump could not stress enough the absolute danger that Americans are in. Because earlier, before our interview, Ron DeSantis at a event in Las Vegas said that there will be a terrorist attack on American soil, specifically because of the open border under the Biden administration. And I asked President Trump, I said, do you agree with that statement? What is your response to that? And he said, I agree with that statement. It's a very dangerous time right now. Uh, When you look, for example, at Dearborn, Michigan, Dearborn, Michigan has the Islamic call to prayer now five times a day uh, in the city of Dearborn. And uh, you look at the protests that are going on in Dearborn, in New York, on college campuses, throughout the US, Uh, look at London, for example. They took over the entire bridge. The number one name in London is Muhammad.
1: Yeah, I think uh, the, yes. cur- the current demonstrations um, against Israel have been a clear indication of the infiltration of this ideology and mindset into normal civilization. And I, uh, if we don't take that as a severe threat, I, 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 we're, we're the stupidest things on the face of the earth that, to think that this isn't some kind of an infiltration. Um, I don't know what we're thinking. I really don't.
2: And it's an invasion, it's an infiltration under the guise of some sort of refugee migrant operation. And these people have zero interest in assimilation to our culture. Our culture is being wiped out through these open borders. I read a report coming out of New York that some boroughs in New York are losing their identity. They're losing their accents. They are losing, you know, we used to have, you know, Irish areas of Chicago, for example, where I grew up, Um, German areas, Uh, but they assimilated. These these immigrants from Ellis Island, they assimilated into our culture. They didn't create walls around their communities where women were second-class citizens, like in Dearborn. In New York, they had a massive Islamic prayer I don't know on, in Soho, in Soho.
1: Wow.
2: And the women and the children had to be in the back.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. One of my great mysteries in my mind is why is anti-Semitism never considered race, racism? Or,
2: well, why is it not hate speech? Yeah. Is all of a sudden hate speech just gone? Yeah. Like people yeah. can wave around swastikas now on the streets of New York City.
1: Pretty amazing. Hey, good to see you. You look healthy. You're doing good.
2: Yeah, I'm doing great. I love Northern Nevada. I'm in the mountains. I feel like I'm safe.
1: I don't know. I think your your pressure life uh, does well. Put a little bit more jalapeno on your cereal in the morning. You'll get through the day just fine.
2: That's what I'm going to go do right now. <laughs> okay. Thank you. See you later.
1: Bye. Great.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's Focus Today podcast. Remember, you can visit our website to check out all the interviews we did this week on our daily Focus Today TV show at the Dove.us. And if you like this podcast, please take a moment to rate us and share it with your friends.